This is a Capricorn FM podcast. This Grade 12 lesson is proudly brought to you by the Department of Education in partnership with Capricorn FM. Working together, we can do more, providing quality education. Hello, 2020 Grade 12 learners. This is Mr. Lechina an educator from Chipagone Secondary School, who is going to assist you in history paper 2. Well, today I will try to look at the two essays, The Road to Democracy, the collapse of USSR and its impact depending on the means of the time on my side. So read the instruction and the information, but you, are, you will get six questions, three source-based, three essays, where you have to respond to three questions that may be either two source-based, one essay or two essays, one source-based. Spend at least an hour for each question so that you may be able to manage to complete your work. So while you are writing your essay, you must try to make it a point that you meet the three basic requirements. Your essay must have an introduction. Your essay must have a body. Your essay must also have a conclusion. You must also think about P, where you will be writing your essay for making a point or take a line of argument. Line of argument simply means which stance are you going to write about. Then E to explain your stance. Another E to provide evidence. L always remember to link your paragraphs. So I will start with the road to democracy where I will try to read the three different questions for you, and I will try to indicate how you should approach these three different questions. Then I will go into detail in one of them. So the first one is, it was leadership, negotiation, and compromise among the leaders of the various political organizations that ensured South Africa attained democracy in 1994. Do you agree with the statement? Support your line of argument with relevant evidence, which means you must take your stand. Either you agree or disagree. And in this case, you are bound to agree, as I will indicate, as I will go down. Then the second question may be violence nearly derail the process of negotiations. Do you agree? So it means that here you must also take a stand and where I will expect you to agree because there were a lot of violences that took place that I will try to expand as I proceed. Then there is another question that said, while giving him credit, him hates Mandela, it should be noted that the birth of South Africa on 27 April 1994 was not only the result of the role that Mandela played. Then critically discuss this statement, support your line of argument with relevant evidence. Where again here, the stand that you have to take is that it really it was not him alone because he was negotiating with other leaders. So after giving, giving you those three different questions, let me give you a directive as to how you have to respond to this question. 
So the question is talking about the road to democracy, where the events took place in various years, where you must try to write about them in their chronological order, where the first content that you must look at is Hrotsky Minute, followed by Pretoria Minute, followed by Kodesa 1, White Referendum, Kodesa 2, Record of Understanding and Multi-Party Negotiation Forum. So those are the stages that you have to follow them as they are. So during the time of the multi-party negotiation forum, there were a lot of violences that took place that nearly drained the whole process. When you must look at the death of Chris Ani, you must tell us about the storming of the World Trade Center by AWB, must also tell us about PAC violence, St. James Church Massacre, Heidelberg Tavern Massacre, Golf Course Massacre, and Google to Kili. So we must also talk about Upatatwana Massacre, must also talk about Bishop Massacre, you must also talk about the Shell House Massacre, and finally, you must conclude and talk about the elections. So when you talk about the violence, Take note of the following. You must first explain who committed those violence. You must certainly try to explain their motives. What was their intention? Automatically, the intention of most of their groups here was to disrupt negotiation. So you must also try to explain how negotiation came back on track. So um, let me follow one question as I've already indicated but I will try to concentrate on one the, it was leadership negotiation and compromise among the leaders of the various political organizations that ensured South African attained democracy in 1994 I will also try to assist you by indicating the type of violence that occurred that nearly the own process. So I will be going through with you trying to look at both two questions. So the introduction of the question will be, yes, it is agreed that strong political leadership, robust negotiation and compromise by leaders of various political parties paved the way for the road to democracy after the decade of apartheid. Nelson Mandela for ANC and FW declared seemed to be the principal negotiators from the onset as ANC and the National Party have two bilateral meetings before they call other parties. So it was working together by leaders of various political parties, including homeland leaders that took part in the process of negotiation. So when De Klerk came to power in 1989, he shocked the world by unbanning the liberation movement and announced the release of political prisoners that initiated the beginning of negotiation. The leadership of De Klerk began the process of negotiation after receiving pressure from anti-apartheid movement and the collapse of the USSR, which I will expand when I will be dealing with the collapse of USSR, 
declared embark on a rapid process of transformation changes that showed declared willingness as their then leader of their country to end apartheid. On 11 February 1990, Mandela was released from Victor Fester prison and requested to meet senior officials of the ANC for a brief meeting about the events that was taking place in the country and also about the upcoming negotiations that he was ready to engage with the National Party and other political parties. That was responsible with the leadership of Mandela who did not hesitate to state to start with negotiation and managed to convince the leaders of ANC to come and vote without looking much on what took place while he was arrested. Negotiation began in the form of informal talks in May 1990. The ANC and the National Party had a bilateral meeting in was bilateral means that only two parties, ANC and the National Party met, and the ANC put the following conditions on the table, that the National Party must first grab apartheid laws, the National Party must release the remaining political prisoners, the National Party must allow those in exile to come back to South Africa with indemnity, which means that they should not be punished. And the ANC also expects the National Party to uplift the state of emergency. So the National Party also put conditions that ANC must renounce violence and ANC must also disband MK. And ANC indicated that she is going to reconsider the matter. And uh, the Kotsky unit ended not in good terms, and ANC applied Operation Vula as a way of trying to force the government to come back to negotiation and trying to make the country ungovernable. And um, the National Party realized that it was correct and invited ANC in for a second bilateral meeting in Pretoria. That resulted into a Pretoria Minute, where there were three things on the agenda. Upliftment of the state of emergency. ANC again added the release of the remaining political prisoner. And ANC also indicated that she was ready to compromise and suspend Armstrong but refused to disband MK, indicating that MK soldiers will be matched with the African Defense Force immediately when we have a new government. So that was a compromise on the side of ANC. The National Party also compromised and uplift the state of emergency. Leaders of ANC under Mandela and leaders of NP under Declerc decided to forge a way forward. So violence broke out in KwaZulu-Natal and in the Val Triangle and on the 
township trains. So um, this is another violence when you are dealing with that one of violence that you must take note of. And uh, it was thought that there was involvement of the Red Force that was suspected and it was confirmed by the Goldstone Commission. So compromised by anything, as I've already indicated, agreed to suspend armed struggle but refused to disband MK. And um, ANC and the National Party, after leveling the ground, they agreed to call other parties for Kodesa 1. That was held in World Trade Center. All parties were invited by then. She said that we have about 27 parties in South Africa during that time, but only 19 parties attended and signed a declaration of intent, committing themselves to negotiation, which is a sign of compromise by various parties and also the display, the display of leadership skills. So UN and Commonwealth nations were observing the negotiation. Kodesa 1 ended in a dramatic clash on national television between Mandela and Duclerc. And uh, Kodesa 1 adjoined leaving five negotiation group to work out the details agreement to be reported on Kodesa 2, which means that Kodesa 1, though there were differences, but it was a success as they agreed to come up with five working groups to go and try to iron out, out their differences. But before going to Kodesa 2, there is an important event that interrupted, which is the white referendum, where declared felt that he seemed to have lost his credibility among the white voters after losing by elections to the CP, and after AWB tried to to disrupt his speech in Ventersdorf. He conducted a white referendum to verify if he still had the support of the white voters. ANC learners campaigned for years because they were also interested in them going forward of elections white sportsmen and women and also white businessmen also campaigned for yes as they were suffering from sanctions and that was put and boycotts that was put by the anti-apartheid movement so um, awb campaigned for no yes managed to win and the clerk went back to Kodesa too with confidence. So one may also try to expect you to give some analysis while you are writing your essays to check if this percentage is a true reflection, which is not correct because ANC campaigned for years and ANC will not campaign for the National Party during the general elections. So in 1992, Kodesa II was held to discuss the structure of the interim government. The NPF hearing to be unfolded by ANC called for a minority veto, which meant that larger political parties could, could not make decisions without agreeing from their smaller parties. So here, Elena's National Party want to make sure that they must spend a chance, even if they can lose the election, 
to take decision in their government. And they believe that the interim government should not last more than 18 months and should be based on simple majority vote in their cabinet. Kodesa too was the dismal failure as the parties could not reach consensus on power sharing proposed by the National Party against the majority rules proposed by the ANC. Another violence took place in Wipato, where IFP members from Kwamadala Hostel are assisted by the police as the third force attacked and killed about 49 residents in Wipato in June 1992. And we also have another um, violence that took place in Bisho, where about 80,000 ANC supporters marched against Opa Johnson, who was the president of CISCAI, to pressurize him to incorporate CISCAI to a new democratic South Africa. The CISCAI police killed about 28 marchers and 200 were injured, which is also another sign of violence. And the both leaders shows, especially in shows leadership skills and also shows compromise as they did not take it to a larger extent that their members were killed. But ANC walked out of Kodesa too, which was a lack of proper leadership and compromise from the leaders of both political parties due to the killings that were taking place. And immediately when ANC left Kodesa to declare called the negotiations of which also Lenas here you must come up with your analysis to indicate that synthetic negotiation was between ANC and the National Party and other parties were taken for granted. So ANC every time when there is a deadlock try to come up with strategies to force the government back to negotiation, where yet they use mass rolling actions in the forms of strikes and standing stay away and also to make the country ungovernable. And um, MP invited ANC for the third bilateral meeting under the umbrella of their record of understanding, where leadership skills were displayed by Cyril Ramaphosa for ANC and Rolf Mayer for the National Party as they were mandated as the chief negotiators. And they managed to bring the negotiation back to the table. So ANC requested the fencing of the Sulu hostel as a preconditions, bringing of Sulus to move with the traditional weapons and also the release of the remaining political prisoners with the National Party under the clerk also managed to do what the ANC proposed, which is not good, Lennox, because the ANC and the National Party took decisions that had an impact on the IFP and Zulus in their absence. And that will pose problems as we proceed. NP compromise and friends the Zulu and then the Zulus moving with their traditional weapons.
which serves as a poor leadership as ANC and the National Parties have already indicated that they don't have a mandate to take such decisions that had an impact on IFP and Zulus without their presence. But when there was a deadlock for negotiating and going forward, Joe Slovo came up with a sunset clause that gave guarantee to all whites in key position will remain in their position for their best five years and put forward that all parties with more than 5% in general election will form part of their government of national unity, which is a compromise on the side of ANC to say if we will, we will share their government with their parties that had more than 5%. ANC and the National Party managed to reach consensus and called other parties for multi-party negotiation forum where the number of the parties in the negotiation increased, which shows leadership and compromise by those parties who did not previously took party negotiation. Butelezi and other leaders formed COSA, Concern, South African group who were against the way in which negotiation was going on. Butelezi was also not happy about the record of understanding between ANC and the National Party that I've already indicated that it will have an impact on the Zulus. So um, COSAC members walked out of the multi-party negotiation forum, but the negotiation continued. Learners in Codesa to ANC walked out and declared, called the negotiation off but in multi-forum negotiation forum five parties left and the negotiation continued which is an evidence that other parties were taken for granted now let me quickly go through the violences that took place that nearly derailed the whole process of negotiation where i said that here you must know who did it what was the intention and how the negotiation managed to come back on track. So on maybe April 1993 alone. So maybe before you, you go through some of those, we must just take a quick break, um, get into news headlines and sports, and then we will come back with you um, on the other side. Please stay on the line for me, okay? Okay. <laughs> The Limpopo Department of Education believes that education is the key to overcoming poverty. As a result, we have partnered with Capricorn FM to bring radio lessons to all grade 12 learners in Limpopo. Starting on Monday, 17 August, tune in and catch expert teachers as they present live lessons for an hour. From Monday to Friday between 5 and 6 p.m. on Just Drive and again on Saturday and Sunday evenings between 6 and 7 p.m. on the Royal Movement and the Afterglow respectively. Limpopo Department of Education Working together, we can do more, providing quality education. So let me start afresh with the violence that took place during the multi-party negotiation forum, where I said that the first thing that we must do is to explain who committed the violence. We must try to also explain the intention. We must also indicate how negotiations were taken back on track. So on 1st April 1993, during the multi-party negotiation forum, mm-hmm. once again, 
compromise took place when Jan Walus and David Lewis killed Chris Ani with the intention to disrupt negotiations. And they nearly won their battle because the country was in the brink of a civil war. When the clerk showed his leadership credibility by requesting Mandela to address the nation, Mandela addressed the nation with distinction as he managed to address the nation to calm, which they did. Both leaders saw the death of Chris Ani as a move to hasten or to fasten negotiation, fearing the death of more leaders to follow, which is a sign of leadership and compromise by both leaders. So while negotiation resumed, it was further taken aback by AWB, who demanded a separate white folk start for Africaners. AWB also tried to disrupt negotiations at World Trade Center, where Rolf Mayer once more displayed his leadership skills by addressing them and they managed to leave the area. So the leaders of the parties showed compromise to continue with negotiation under such strenuous conditions. So there are quite a number of PSD violences where you are not supposed to talk about them online. You can just choose one. Where PAC also attempted to stall the talks with the armed struggle wing of PAC APLA engaged in a number of violences such as St. James Massacre where about 11 people were killed and 58 wounded in church and the Tavern Massacre Golf Course Massacre and Google to kill where you can just choose one then you can try to explain about it and um, what was the intention of the PSA the attack confirmed to the decision of PSA not to participate in negotiation PSA saw white South Africans as responsible for their apartheid policy and they used their own slogan one settler one bullet kill the boy kill the farmer all this encouraged whites to hasten the process of negotiation, hoping that PSE will no longer kill them after a democratic state, which unfortunately was not the case. The PSE also continued to kill their farmers. So the AWB tried to derail negotiations again by pledging their support to Lucas Mangaupe, was the president of the then independent homeland of Wuppertal, where he did not want this area to be incorporated back to South Africa. So supporters of ANC marched in an effort to force Mangompe to let Wuppertal to be incorporated back to South Africa. He requested constant union to assist and the AWB joined on the situation, and when they arrived in Ubutachana, they started to shoot at the civilians randomly, and they were attacked by the state soldiers who also killed members of the AWB. And ANC requested declared to dispose Mangompe, and Ubutachana was incorporated back to South Africa, which was also a compromise on the side of the leaders 
that there were death of so many innocent people. So IFP and ANC came head on again when IFP supporters went to Shell House where they were protesting. But after their departure, as the number of Cossacks from the multi-party negotiation forum, ANC concluded the negotiations not in a proper manner. So while they were going there, it is alleged that the police saw them and they, they did nothing. And about 100 IFP supporters were killed. Mandela shows his leadership calibrum and saw it as a matter of agency to negotiate with the IFP to restore peace ahead of elections. A compromise was reached when the Zulu monarch was recognized as the sovereign head of KZN and IFP compromise and register for their elections. Lenas, now you must come to your conclusion. Where your conclusion must resemble your introduction, where you must indicate that leadership, negotiation, and compromise became a joint effort by leaders of various political organization that led to the birth of democracy in South Africa in 1994. This was achieved with a lot of casualties through the death of so many people and also the injury of so many people. AWB tried on several occasions to come up with their dirty tricks to derail negotiations where they also planted bombs next to some of the polling stations trying to deter the black people that they should not go and vote. Unfortunately, blacks were longing to vote where they managed to go and vote. And on 27 April 1994, new democratic South Africa was born and Mandela was elected as the first black state president in South Africa. And the government of national unity was formed with three parties through the Yoslo Sunset Clause, ANC, National Party, and IFP, because they managed to get more than 5%. So let me quickly go through to the impact of the collapse of USSR to the future of South Africa. Here, Lenas, there are some of you who are wasting their time by spending much time on the background information. Here, Lenas, you are not supposed to talk much about the policies of Gorbachev. You are not supposed to explain in detail how USSR collapsed because the core issue here is how the collapse of USSR led to the birth of democracy in South Africa. Let me read one of the questions that I'm going to treat. Mikhail Gorbachev's policies of Glasnost and Perestroika led to the disintegration of the Soviet Union in 1989, which had a direct impact on South African politics, which means that the, our main focus here is how the collapse of USSR helped South Africa to attain its democracy. Then the question said, do you agree with the statements that 
support your line of argument with relevant evidence and listen at the introduction to indicate that you must not waste much about last not and Prestonica, though it is mentioned. It is agreed that Gorbachev policies of Glasnost and Prestonica led to the disintegration of the Soviet Union and paved the way for the political changes that occurred in South Africa in the 1990s. Gorbachev policies of liberalization led to the revolt in the Soviet Union satellite state in Eastern Europe. They demonstrated a desire to become independent of Soviet Union control and its imposition of the communist ideology. The political changes that were unfolding in Europe led to declare as the leader of the apartheid government to embark on transformation in South Africa to end apartheid. So, in October 1989, Kovachev visited Eastern Berlin and stated that the Soviet Union could no longer support it with finance and also military bases. So um, thousands of demonstrators went to Berlin Wall and started to destroy it. So leaders of South African, South African apartheid regime can no longer use ideology of communists to justify the operation of black South Africans as their former leaders spoke about that. Like what Bosa said after his Rubicon speech where he indicated that PNC and the PSA are planning a total onslaught on the government where the government will have to counter that by a total strategy. So there was no longer any need for total strategy as the collapse of the Berlin Wall symbolized the end of communism. So ANC was funded by USSR. ANC also received weapons from USSR. And MK Cathedral were trained in Moscow, which means that ANC was surviving more based on the assistance that she was receiving from USSR. So in another way, ANC lost funder and then had to decide to continue to fight with the apartheid regime, and which the leaders of ANC saw it as a mountain to climb and decided to start negotiation with NP after the collapse of USSR, which means that USSR collapse really had a bearing on on forcing the ANC to start negotiating. So the National Party leaders were also instructed by leaders of Western Europe, especially George Bush of USA and Margaret Thatcher of Britain, to start engaging with ANC on a constructive way, which means that they forced the National Party to start negotiating 
the Western powers were supporting apartheid regime due to the fear of the communist takeover in South Africa. They were against apartheid. But after the collapse of USSR, Western leaders clearly indicate that they would no longer support their apartheid regime, which means that the National Party also find themselves in the same situation as ANC, that she has to decide as to whether to continue fighting the liberation movement without the Western backup. And when we were dealing with the international resistance as part of sanctions, Britain also indicated that she will no longer sell armaments to South Africa, which is a blow to the apartheid regime, but she was left without any other option except to start to negotiate with the ANC. So we also have the Battle of Quito Convalo, where South Africa entered the war on the side of UNITA in Angola with the fear that the MPLA as a communist must not take over. Then the outcome of the Battle of Kutukonvan proved that self was not invincible as it was assumed in the past. In the past, people were very much afraid of the South African Defense Force as they were also engaged in a cross-border raids to the neighboring countries to go and attack anything. And those countries did not retaliate back. But the loss in Kuito Convalo that was celebrated by ANC and also indicated that that was a turning point in the history of South Africa. The apartheid regime now look at the options of continuing fighting with ANC and started to doubt if they can manage to continue and maintain fighting on their own. So um, the Battle of Quito Convalo also forced the National Party to reconsider their issue and decided to engage in a negotiation where from the onset South Africa was forced to grant independence to Namibia, which also gave hope to the ANC that there will also be similar changes where the black South Africans can also be given independence. So, learners, we also have anti-apartheid movements and internal pressure that was put on the flag when he came to power. Fortunately, he showed his leadership skills by realizing that the interest of the African Africaner capital was under enormous threat and that he should act decisively to save South African political and economical uncertainty and ruin. The apartheid regime was suffering economically through boycotts and sanctions. So the clerk also acknowledged that the struggle of black South Africans against apartheid was not a consequence directly from the Soviet Union, which means that he was moving away from the stand that was used by the former leaders who indicated that 
the ANC was fighting with the apartheid government as a pawn of the USSR. And therefore, USA felt that she must also support the apartheid regime so that South Africa should not fall under the communist regime under the ANC and South African Communist Party. In the light of this, the cleric began to embark on a process of reforms where the cleric, in his opening speech on 2nd February 1990, showed the world where he announced the unveiling of all the liberation movements in South Africa, ANC, TAC, and SACP. And in the light of this, the clerk began to embark on a process of reform. The clerk also announced the unconditional release of the political prisoners, which he started by releasing the following Walter Sisulu, Raymond Mklava, Ahmed Kathrada, Wilson Nkwai, and Romulangeni. Elias Mtualeli, Jaftar Nasemola, and Oscar Petro. Mandela was also finally released from prison on 11 February 1990, which was done by Hitler after he realized that the apartheid regime can no longer be sustained. So the best thing that he can do is to give the black South Africans an opportunity to negotiate with the white people. And while he was busy with his reforms, he also encountered some challenges where he doubted if he would still have the white support. He went for a white referendum where white vote as to whether negotiation can go on or not. And they gave him a mandate to continue with negotiation where here we can simply indicate learners that the clerk played an important role in dismantling apartheid and also starting to make it a point that the negotiation should start. So you must come up with your conclusion again here, where in your conclusion I said that it must also resemble your introduction, where it will be concluded as follows. It is an evidence that Gorbachev policies of Glasnost and Prestonika led to the disintegration of the Soviet Union in 1989, which directly impacted on South African political information. The Soviet Union was composed by many communist states, where when the Soviet Union no longer have enough muscles to maintain the Soviet Union, some states started to disintegrate, became independent, and some in some of the states 
they became democratic, which also gave ANC a hope and also challenged the apartheid regime. But it's time to give blacks win the majority an opportunity to rule. The Western leaders of like Bush of USA and such of Britain requested the apartheid regime to start negotiating with ANC and threaten the apartheid regime that they would no longer fund the apartheid regime as they fear that they were against was no longer in place. So the clerk showed his leadership skills and also his will to bring about changes in South Africa by announcing the unveiling of political organizations, which he did, and he also released the political prisoners, which means that apartheid also came to an end, and negotiations started that led to the government of the national unity. But I discussed with you previously. So let us to try to sum up. I said that when you were dealing with the first one, the road to democracy, kindly note the stages that you have to go through without any compromise, where you must start from what's give. Then you must also discuss about the Pretoria unit. You must also discuss about Codesa one. You must also discuss about the white referendum, which is a very much important aspect in the whole process of negotiation. Because if no one, the clerk would have no longer continued with negotiation. Codesa too, with its own problems, record of understanding that tried to bring negotiations back that led to the formation of the multi-party negotiation forum. Then after that, I said that you must look at the violences that nearly derailed the whole process, the death of Chris and storming of World Trade Center by AWBPAC violences, Botachana Massacre, Bishop Massacre, and Shell House Massacre. And you must sum up in your conclusion by indicating the end of apartheid and the general elections and the formation of the government of the national unity. When it comes to the collapse of USSR and its impact on the future of South Africa, so that you must look at the collapse of the Berlin Wall, that the apartheid government can no longer justify the total strategy against the ANC. We must also talk about the situation that the National Party found itself in where the Western countries indicated that they will no longer support ANC, lost a funder, and also opted for a negotiation. We must also talk about the battle of Quito Convano that cast doubt on the capabilities of the South African Defense Force to continue using force to maintain apartheid. And you must also look at the internal and external pressure, and you must also come up with your conclusion. This Grade 12 lesson was proudly brought to you by the Department of Education in partnership with Capricorn FM. Working together, we can do more, providing quality education. 
that was a Capricorn FM podcast. For more podcasts, visit capricornfm.co.za.